Hello friends and fans of Living in the 80s, this is Rob, and my apologies for not getting the podcast out last week as planned. Uh, my schedule has just been super crazy lately, and I just have not had the chance to sit down and do the edits for the podcast and give you the high-quality show that you're used to. Well, this was originally supposed to be more of a Halloween-type episode. Didn't quite make it in time. So hopefully you enjoy it anyway. And now on with our show in three, two, one. I pity the fool. Living in the 80s. My name's Casey Kasem, and I'm all set to count down the most popular songs in the USA. I want my MTV! Does Theo Huxtable live here? Just say no. Hello, all. Basie, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Woo! It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Hey, where's the meat? I'm a very lucky woman. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Welcome, gentlemen. Oh, thank you for having us. New digs. New digs, yes. We talked a couple weeks ago about how I was moving yet again. I bought a home, and this is the permanent site of Members Only Studio. Finally. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, actually, not permanent, because we're actually, right now, we're in my living room. I'm working on getting the actual studio and usable accommodations there, so... But it's really good to to have my own house. Again. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's a really nice house, by the way. Yes. I, got a, I got the tour. I know where I'm sleeping when I get kicked out. <laughs> there you go. Welcome. Misty, I'll be at Rob's if you need me. Okay. <laughs> yes. And you can just stay there, too. I can hear how that conversation would go. All right. So, yeah. Missed you guys. Uh, missed uh, doing the podcast and talking to everybody. And it's it's been a lot of fun. I've gone back and listened to a couple of old episodes. Apparently, a lot of people are, too. It's good. Where are we at these days? Let's see. We, we crossed the million listener <laughs> market. <laughs> All right. We're at 116,000 listeners as of today. Very good. So Appreciate all of you. Love yeah. us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We do it because you listen. If you stop listening... No, we probably stop. We stop talking. <laughs> no, probably not. We just enjoy each other's company so much. Something seems to be missing, Rob. I just can't put my finger on uh, it. You know what? There's no pure energy. Pure energy. And you know what else? He was supposed to call like right now and report in. Huh. So That's he's fair. apparently at a band concert showcase thing with his daughter, so he Blew us off to do that. I mean, priorities, right? Priorities, man. Oh, man. Yeah. He'll blow us off for something else again next week. <laughs> Before we get into this week's topic, first we want to do a little thing we like to call... 80s Rewind. So, this is where we take moments from the 80s that kind of come back to us somehow. Say we hear a song or, watch, or see a movie 
or a book or something that you know in our day-to-day lives that kind of bring us back to that time. Uh, Kevin, I know you. We were talking about before we started recording. You got something there. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, my daughter texted me and she said, "I'm at Half Price Books, and I, I got something for you." And I'm like, okay, she didn't tell me what. And then when I saw her that weekend, she had bought me two books, and I'm going to talk about one of them right now, which is "I Want My MTV: The Uncensored Story of the Music Video Revolution." So I had noticed this on your shelf before when we were in the former. Uh, studio and uh but i'd never asked to borrow it so i started reading it and it went from the early days of mtv through when you know they brought in like downtown julia brown and adam curry and just how poorly run that company was they really had no plan on how to make money and somehow it still worked out for them so just had an idea the idea was great Yes, and it succeeded. So it was. at least they had a great idea. Yes, that's that's one thing. Have a business battle. model, but you have a horrible idea. So, so yeah, I mean, they didn't have an idea of how they're going to pay for the videos. Right? <laughs> it's like the, the, the artists were like, or you know, the com- record companies were like, we're not going to give this stuff away for free. And like, well, we don't have any money to pay you. So. That's why there were so many of those like split ends and Ian Dury and the Blockheads and. Some yeah. of the 15 Rod Stewart videos yeah. when he wasn't yeah. too much in style at that point. And after a while, they were able to show, look what happened with their record sales once they started being shown on MPV, and then everybody started getting on board. So it was it, it was a really good book. Yeah. Um, did the v, I never asked this question. Did the VJs continue with their radio gigs at the same time they were doing MTV, or did they go totally uh, VJ? Um, I, it was totally VJ because really? they didn't want them doing anything else. Like they were, there were people that reached out for them. Hey, do this side gig or whatever. They did not want that. They wanted mm-hmm. to only be known as VJ. So they had to give up those radio show gigs that they had. Did they do like old school radio where they actually recorded? You know, they did their intro, played the song, did the next one, or did they just do a lot of recordings and kind of? That's another great question because. They would say, okay, this is the order that the VJs are going to be on. And so they would record in that order, and then they'd go back through and record in that order again. And they eventually realized, hey, let's just have this person do their three now, and then the other do three later. And it's like they, they never – they just didn't think things through, right? Right. And after reading this book, I went back and started watching some of the old videos. And uh, it was funny because they said they would go to break sometime, or they they – they would introduce a video and they'd be staring at the camera and it's like it would take a few seconds for the video to come on. It's like they're just staring at the camera and said it seemed like an eternity. And well, so one of them's always been on radio to put you on TV. Right. Actually a friend of my dad's um, in my hometown of Mansfield, they had a he was a news radio guy. Mm-hmm. Well, then they decided to launch their own television station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first episodes were absolutely unbelievable. He's staring at the screen reading wide-eyed as he possibly can. <laughs> it was it was hilarious to see the early episodes. They got much better, but yeah, I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah, if you watch some of the early, it, it, they don't look real comfortable. They're not comfortable. Well, you, like you said, they come from radio backgrounds where their whole face isn't used to being seen there. Yeah. I read that Nina Blackwood was not on radio before. 
She okay. was an actress and uh, and a musician. Like she played viola, I think. And so she came from the West Coast. J.J. Jackson, I think, came from New York. He's a very popular DJ. Mm-hmm. So was Mark Goodman. He was from Philadelphia. And then Alan Hunter was an actor. And if memory serves me correctly, he was also a bartender. And he kept his bartending job for the first couple <laughs> weeks of MTV mm-hmm. yeah. until they were realizing, hey, this is going to take off. You don't really have to work two jobs anymore. Yeah, he actually was working the weekend, and, and someone said, you you look like a guy I've seen on TV. And he said, are you uh, Mark Goodman? He's like, no. He's, he's, I'm, he's like, he got the wrong name. He's like, I'm Alan Hunter, but I'm on that station. He goes, what are you doing working at a, at a bar? And he said that was, he goes, I finished a shift and I quit. Because he said I, he was so sure he's going to lose his job mm-hmm. that he was like, I better keep this bartending job on the weekend. So... Uh, it just was kind of funny how they were like, is this going to work out or not? So, Another really interesting story I read in there, they talked to uh, Joe Elliott, lead singer of uh, Def, Def, Leppard. Def Leppard, and they were getting ready to do the photograph video, and he had, he said, 30 pounds, 30, 30 bucks, you know, to go out and spend to get an outfit. And he said all the guys decided that the men's clothes were boring, so they all borrowed blouses from their girlfriends, and that's what they're wearing in the video. Oh, really? And then he went out, uh, Joe Elliott went out and bought a pair of pleather pants at a at a thrift store, and he said they were like five inches too short, so he put on little red leg warmers to kind of cover that gap. And <laughs> sure enough, I watched the video, and there it is. And then he said he was down to his, like, his last eight bucks, and he saw a Union Jack shirt hanging in a, in a secondhand store, and he bought that. And then when they went on tour, they sold 100,000 of those Union Jack shirts. Wow. So that's crazy. Power of MTV. I remember when they came to Columbus, like, the, the next day at school, or everybody was wearing them. Yeah. I didn't go, obviously, but... Kevin, we could have used that story on episode 100, where we did our shopping trip at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> we could have. Only I had known. Only we had known. All right, Snowball, what's your... Uh... 80s Rewind moment. Well, my 80s Rewind moment was a couple of days ago. I was talking with my oldest son. He's uh, recently graduated from college, looking for his career job. So he's, you know, going through the interview process. And I was talking to him about, you know, some of the fails, you know, in my interview process back in the day. Have either of you ever, you know, obviously I was telling him, you know, for us it was newspapers. You would go by the Cleveland Plain Dealer or the Columbus Dispatch or all the big cities and you'd look through and you'd mail them your resume and they'd call you back. But a lot of them were very vague. They would say, sports management. Well, I went to that interview. It was for perfume sales. Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then there's another one I went to where it was, you know, a little pyramid scheme, a little multi-level marketing, you know, selling air purifiers. And I walked out of that one too, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so just, you know, he got an interview this week. It wasn't what he thought it was going to be, you know. So I just shared with him, you know, what it was like back in our day. And at least now he can research them and, you know, have an idea what they really do before he goes in or does a teleconference or something so yeah kind of cool well i had an interview once had to have been in the 80s because you know i was looking for a job and the ad in the newspaper said looking for a sports-minded individual <clears throat> like i'm very sports-minded you know i watch all the sports and played sports and all that and i go to the interview and it was a place that 
they get these big shipments of like gym shorts and stuff like that, and they package them up and send them to retailers. Okay. So I needed to be sports minded for that job. <laughs> you did. It, so, was, uh, it was very. It was key. Yeah, it was very. Key. It's the number one quality. That's right. You could have went just sweats, maybe. <laughs> I, I could have been involved in a murder case. Yeah, <laughs> gone it. Missed my chance. Yeah. What episode is that, Rob? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> My 80s Rewind moment, uh, last week I went to go see the Eagles in concert. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you know, they're mostly a 70s classic rock band, but you know, one of my favorite bands to listen to is, I know every word to every song, so I've liked them for several years. But the 80s moment, like, they didn't do a lot of solo stuff, but Don Henley sang Boys of Summer. It was phenomenal, and it was done exactly like it was done on the album, like, you know, sometimes live versions are a little different. Absolutely perfect. And it kind of brought me back. And they're showing, like, some scenes from the video. Not like him singing, but, like, some of the beach scenes and the tide rolling in and stuff. And I thought, you know, that's the perfect fall song. That's right. Because it's about the fall, boys and girls, not about the summer. Because <laughs> <laughs> the boys of summer are gone. That's right. You know what happens after summer's gone? Fall. You got it. So, yeah, it was a great concert. One of my favorite moments was Joe Walsh and Vince Gill were trading guitar licks on Funk 49. And if you guys don't know a lot about Vince Gill, you just see him as a country singer. He, for one, he's got a great voice, but he is a phenomenal guitar player. He's done tons of session work and guest stuff. And he'll so pop is he playing with the Eagles now? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, I didn't know that. He's been with them for the last several years. When Glenn Fry passed away, Vince Gill and then Deacon Fry, Glenn's son, joined the band. And then Deacon left for a little bit, but now this last tour is called The Long Farewell. So they're having this really long tour, but when it's over, it's over. Hmm. So. Okay. Then again, they said they wouldn't get back together again either. Long time ago. Long so. time ago, so they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal show. Um, I really wanted to hear them sing Let Me Love You Tonight because Vince sung the lead on that with Pure Prairie League. And I've seen him in concert one other time. And then I've seen like concert videos with him and the Eagles. And they'll, he'll do like one or two of his solo s- songs. But I really wish they'd do that one because I like that better than any yeah. else. So <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Well, I wish Matt was here right now because he could then tell us about his Matthew West concert. But he's not here. He could have. <laughs> Who was probably born in the 80s. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's our 80s Rewind Moments. Hang tight. We'll be right back talking about some of our favorite stalker songs of the 80s. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Shall we play a game? 
Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s through current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories, the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. This is our, I guess you may call it our Halloween episode. Sure-ish. It's got an October kind of feel to it. It does, it does. So we might be talking about little Halloween stuff and how this podcast originated. We have a frequent contributor uh, to Living in the 80s and uh, podcast listener. So big shout out to our fan of the week, Navy Wynn out of Houston, Texas. So, Navy, thank you for recommending this topic, and uh, we are going to uh, we're going to talk about it. So, in the '80s, I think there were like some songs that were popular back then that we didn't maybe necessarily think of as stalker songs, but they are. And these some of these songs are stalker songs. Some are maybe just scary or creepy. So, we're going to go through these here, talk about them. And, you know, how creepy are they? You know, one to five stars on the creep scale. And we're just going to just talk about them. So, uh, Kevin, why don't you start off with that first one and talk to us about, uh, you know, let's give our thoughts. Okay. So the first song on the list is Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Why is this song creepy? This is not necessarily a stalker song because there's no one necessarily stalking him. He just thinks thinks somebody's watching him. So he's paranoid. He's paranoid. And the part that's creepy to me, I've seen the movie Psycho. I saw it when I was a teenager. It scared the crap out of me. Um, We talks about, and there's a lyric in there where he says, when I'm in the shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair (laughs) because I'm afraid I'll open up my eyes and find someone standing there. (laughs) It's like... That's pretty much what happened in Psycho, right? That's a creepy part. And he also is wondering... The, the video is really creepy. Very creepy. And he's wondering if people on TV can see him. So he's got this real paranoia, um, whether it's justified or not. We don't know. In the video, if you recall, at the end, it almost looks like the mailman's like a, a, a zombie. zombie. <laughs> yes. so, so maybe he was justified. Maybe he was. But it's a, it's a good song... Michael Jackson and Jermaine Jackson sung background vocals on it. You could, ah. re- you could really prominently hear Michael Jackson. Yeah, that that pretty was, well. Man, that sounded like him. I had no idea he actually it was. was in it. Learned something well, new today. Rockwell is actually Rockwell Gordy, who is Barry Gordy's son, who oh. is the founder of Motown. Yeah. So he's not friends. He's got connections. Rockwell yeah. used to play with Michael Jackson when they were kids and stuff, and so yeah, just hey Mike, get on this record with me. Sure. Rockwell, we'll take- have anything else? Is this it? He had one called Obscene Phone Caller. <laughs> okay. So All Debbie right. actually posted this the other day on the Living in the 80s page. So that's uh, kind of a forgot about one. Those are his only two charting songs. But Somebody's Watching Me did go to number two. 
So it's a big wow. hit for him. Wow. Did, did you guys like the song when it was out, and do you like it now? It was different. It was unique. It wasn't something that I would consider a favorite. Mm-hmm. I was shocked it was number two. If I had to throw a number out, I'd say like 28 or 30 <laughs> would be the peak on the chart. But I would have thought maybe top 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was number two. That's I wouldn't have expected it to be that high. I, I thought it was okay back then. Now when it comes on, I turn the station like almost yeah. immediately. That's, <laughs> yeah, I just, well, I think part of it was just it was uh, the novelty video along with oh hey Michael Jackson's on this song and then back then everything the guy touched was like money. Everybody kind of wanted <laughs> to be associated with him because you know your record's going to sell. So. Yeah, yeah. Speaking exactly. of which, the set, next song we have here is Thriller. Everybody knows this song. It's a worldwide smash. The video was huge on MTV. They had the world premiere, like 17 minutes long. It was quite the, it's like a cultural event at the time. So if you see the video, Michael Jackson is taking his date to the movies. And while they're there, they're like, they're seeing a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, no, it's a werewolf movie, I'm sorry. In the movie... Michael Jackson plays the part of the werewolf. And his date's freaked out. You know, she's scared to death. They finally, movie's over, they go home. And then he starts, you know, singing to her in the street and dancing and kind of, you know, playfully teasing her a little bit. And she's not having none of it because she's still freaked out over the movie. And so, on that way home, he turns into a zombie, which gives us that thriller dance. The lyrics itself starts off with, it's close to midnight, something evil's lurking in the dark. Under the moonlight, you see a sight that's almost stops your heart. Those lyrics right there automatically qualify it as a stalker song. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's maybe a beast or or something, but something that would lend itself to being a stalker type thing. Well, they're also being stalked by the zombies that are coming out of the... You know, they're, they're kind of like slowly coming after them, trapping them in that house at the end. So, yeah. That one, <laughs> I never thought that song was that great. Uh-huh. I think it was the video that made it because it was like one of the last songs they released off the album. But, you know, what's going to give it credibility is you got Vincent Price doing the the, the spoken, yeah, the spoken yeah. part. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that was like the, the king of horror movies, you know, growing up. So, yeah, this was the. This was the eighth single released from the Thriller album, and it went to number four. So wow. at this really? point, everybody's got the album. Everybody's bought the singles that have been played on the radio. This video comes out. Got a number four song out of it. It's just crazy when you look back now, because we, we don't talk a ton about Michael Jackson on here, even though Snowball wants to have a Jackson family podcast. I still think that would be a very good podcast. You know, Comment on the Facebook page if you would like to have that. I have many other great ideas, people. Yeah, he wants to have living in the 1880s. That would be awesome. (laughs) Just watch Back to the Future Part 3. So anyway, the reach Michael Jackson had, the 
just the level of stardom that was there at that time is just really remarkable. But uh, yeah, peaked at number four. Like you, Kevin, I didn't really, wasn't really a fan of the song. I mean, it was listenable. This time of year, they play it a lot, you know, around Halloween. It's, yeah. It's one of the most played Halloween type songs. So, Snowball, what are your thoughts on the song itself? Um, actually, the video, the dance is cool. Yeah. You go on cruise ships, they're teaching the thriller dance still today. Yeah. Just a great video. So, so song. You know, it wasn't one of my favorites, but very epic moment when they did release the original version. Obviously, they had the edited five-minute version for everyday play on MTV. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. You couldn't be dedicating 20 minutes to Michael Jackson, you know, every hour. So Even though they tried. They did. Yes. On a scale of one to five, where, where does this fall? As far as scary? And stalkers, you know. And like a four. Yeah, I get With it. ten being... Well, it's one to five, Snowball. <laughs> I thought you said one to ten. One to five. One to five. Yeah. One to five. Five being scariest. Yeah. Super scary. Yeah. Super scary. Super creepy. Give it a two. Or, or, the, or the creepiest, yeah. I'd give it a two. A two? I'd give it maybe a three. Yeah. It's, it's, it, with, with the video, the video, just the song, maybe not so much, maybe the Vincent Price part of it, but the video included in that calculation, give it a, give it a three. I'll give it a solid two and a half. Okay. So there we go. Well, I think I brought the best stalker song of all, but that's just kind of what I do. I'm the best. So, anyway, so Obsession, not by Calvin Klein, but by Animotion. Peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it was actually a cover song. It was recorded a year earlier by a no-name duo, Holly Knight and Michael, and I'll butcher this, DeBars. Okay, Holly Knight was a famous songwriter, producer. Michael DeBar, he was a pretty decent-sized star. He was a lead singer power station for a while. So they're, I wouldn't really call them unknown, but definitely not household names. Okay, so they recorded it first. It was written primarily by uh, Michael. He uh, was going through a little heroin addiction. He was struggling with that obsession. But he kind of combined that with the influence of the movie The Collector. Mm-hmm. And that kind of was his inspiration for the song. My personal favorite line is the final verse. My fantasy has turned to madness. All my goodness has turned to badness. My need to possess you has consumed my soul. My life is trembling. I have no control. That makes it a 10 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when the title's called Obsession, right? I mean, that's pretty bad. I mean, it, this is definitely a person that is, is obsessed with somebody that, that, that's consuming all their thought about possessing this person. They even talk about other parts about, I will have you, I will find a way, you know. It's like, 
Like, like a butterfly, a I wild will, butterfly. Will, that's part of his reference to I the capture. You. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's that song. Uh, how do you feel about it as a song? It was a very good song. Yeah, I, I don't have it on the, any playlist, but it was a very good song for its time. Somebody posted somewhere about that video, and they say, "Watch the video with the sound down." And it's a fantastic video with sound. <laughs> I just it was so bad. The dance moves are so bad. Goofy, goofy video. But I like this song. I I've always thought this was a good song. Bit dated now, but so what about the creep factor? I'd give it four out of five because there's a couple others that just deserve higher than this. <laughs> so we might have to expand our thing past five because I would give us a five. This song could also be known as the crazy ex-girlfriend song. Like, could you? Yeah. I mean, could you, could you see it? I will have you. Yes, mm-hmm. I will have you. you know, you're on a date with your new girl, and this creepy, crazy yeah. girl comes up to you. This is kind of the, if I can't have you, nobody can mentality, right? Yes. Like, that's kind of yes. scary. If you're making a Halloween 80s playlist, this should probably be on it, because it's pretty darn creepy. Next, we're going to go back to Kevin. Let's go with Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yes. And the Fresh Prince. <laughs> I thought you were gonna take that one, Snowball. I did. I, it did come up, but I just was like, "Well, anyway, I already give you my rating. It's a zero point zero one on scare factor." Wait a second, you've got it's a the entire thing's about Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, man. Before he was smacking people. <laughs> yes. Right now, I would be scared if he was rapping that and then those hands started slashing and slapping. <laughs> then I'd be scared. This, there are so many lyrics to this song. It's like reading a chapter in a book. Mm-hmm. I was reading through it and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, like you know, you look at ZZ Top's lyrics and it's like four stanzas and it's yeah, over. There you go. This We're one is standard. just paragraph after paragraph or verse after verse after verse it just went on and on and on it's just all about how uh freddy krueger is is haunting him and i like the line where he says that um he looked like a a burn <laughs> he burn up like a weenie <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and stalking him in his sleep so uh, again n- not a song i i like I hear it, I'm like, I'm gonna turn it. I don't remember hearing it much back in the '80s, but um, I'll give it a two out of five. I think. You're two generous. Out of five. You're generous. I mean, it does talk about uh, Freddy Krueger. Yes. Okay. So, so this song is basically uh, parents just don't understand. <laughs> right. Yes. It is set to the lyrics of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Just on my street, don't understand. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, so, this song made it to number fifteen. Did it really? So yeah, I'm just thinking. Nineteen eighty-eight. I'm just thinking just off of the parents just don't understand success. They're just oh yeah, this was the parents don't understand was released in May of nineteen eighty-eight. Nightmare on uh, my street was July of nineteen eighty-eight. It really wasn't an October one. They couldn't wait. They didn't have anything else to release. <laughs> yeah, like well, let's just do this. Then he came out with Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, and I think that I can beat good. Mike Tyson. Maybe we should do a rap episode 
Just throwing it out there. I've, I've suggested this. I've suggested it many times myself. We'll, I've been ready. We'll for do you. it. I've been ready for years, Rob. Okay, we're, we're going to do it, guys. You've heard it. It's it's Kevin, recorded. You in? I'll do it. We're going to do a rap <laughs> I'll do it. episode. And, uh, and Kevin will do a, a unique rap he wrote himself. <laughs> no, I'll talk about some songs I listened to back then, like Roxanne, Roxanne, and some others. Yeah. So yeah. I went through a phase. Okay. I'll tell you about it. I did too. The yeah. Roxanne trilogy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. In Good fact, job, Eric. I, I've got I've got a playlist called Speaker Test, <laughs> and what that is, you know, you get a new system uh-huh. or some new headphones. These songs sound great in a speaker. Roxanne, Roxanne is one of those songs. Oh, wow. Mm. So I'm shocked at. Either of you even know that song. Dude, <laughs> give us some credit. I, I mean, we may be rockers, but there's a part of us that Dude, can... you're about as white as they come. All right. <laughs> Says Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so white, I'm clear. Clear. He's transparent. I'm, so I'm transparent, <laughs> yo. Oh, gosh. So, my song, I'm going to go with Every Breath You Take by The Police. That's not a love song, Rob. I know it's crazy. Some people have this played at their wedding. Why wouldn't you play that? You, There's no reason not to. If you're a psycho, <laughs> <laughs> this song is about obsessing over somebody that you can't have. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Can't you see you belong to me? How I, how my poor heart aches every step you take. So basically, you're following this woman around. You are wanting her, you're obsessing over her, can't you see you belong to me? Again, this, even to this day, would make a great movie. Yeah, it's called Fatal Attraction. There you go. (laughs) Kind of. But yeah, it's like every breath, every move, every step, I'll be watching you. It's like, it's pretty creepy. I mean, and and it seemed like it it was a slow song. It's like, oh, this love song. And when you look at the lyrics, it's like, nope. And even Sting refers to this as this little dirty stalker song. So. Yeah. Well, he's a very dedicated stalker. Very focused. You know, he's goal-oriented. He's dead. <laughs> he's, he's goal-oriented. I love that. <laughs> now, this song uh, went to number one and stayed there for, I believe, six weeks in 1983. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, on the creep factor, it's about... Four? I'm going four. I mean, you know, you're obsessed with this woman this much. It's a great song. Still love the song. The the bass line in that is just incredible. To me, that's the ultimate stalker song. So I'm giving it a five. Wow, that's your number one. Yeah. Okay. Tied with another one. Oh, which we'll find out later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Snowball, back to you. All right. This band comes out of Detroit Rock City. Salmon mm. concert on my 21st birthday. Talking in Your Sleep by the Romantics. Song topped the um, Billboard charts at number three, and it was on the album in Heat. The video, it was very low budget. And they have a, a few ladies wearing pajamas, lingerie, pretending they're asleep. So 
pretty weak video. Great song, though. Now, to me, I look at this as he's laying next to her, and she uh, talks in her sleep. Talks her sleep. So he's not really stalking her. He's just gathering information that she's giving to him, even though she doesn't realize she's giving it to him. I well, think. here he is, wide awake while she's sleeping, listening intently yeah. to the secrets that she keeps. Yeah. So he's not stalking. He's just a creeper. Yeah. He's, he's definitely really got creep I'm thinking. I'm thinking that... He's this average dude with this hot chick, and he knows he's in way over his head. He's totally obsessed with her, and so he's just like listening to every word she says, everything, anything he can do to, to, to hold on to her, like listen to her secrets and knowing how she thinks. Yeah, he's probably got pictures of her, like Lane Meyer. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. that's perfect. That's yes. right. Open up the closet door, and there he has all the pictures he's taken of her from places that he wasn't at. <laughs> wasn't supposed yeah. to be. Yes. So what do we give it on a creep factor? I'm going to go three out of five myself. I'm going to go one here because, like I said, he's not stalking her. He's laying next to her, and she's talking in her sleep. He's just gathering information. I don't think he'd done anything wrong. Well, when you say it like that, he's not. Yeah. My old played out thing there and is a little creepy. It, yeah, it all depends. It's a matter of perspective. perspective. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to yes. get the romantics on here one time. I don't know what they're doing these days. No, they're probably they're probably available. <laughs> That's right. But I I saw them in concert also in 1984. Mm. One of the best shows ever. They were so high energy. The ultimate garage band. They're just a rock band. They're from Detroit. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. But they were just like they opened for Adam Ant. And I'd taken my girlfriend at the time to this concert, and I was blown away by the romantics. Like, Adam Ant came out, which who I liked, but that, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, the romantics just, like, he should have just, Adam Ant should have stayed in the dressing room. He did not have the same kind of stage presence and energy those guys had. So, a lot of dancing and prancing around, but, but... (laughs) Love that song. Uh, that In Heat album is great from beginning to end, so check that thing out. It peaked at number three. Mm-hmm. And did you mention that? I may have. Okay. It was in my notes. Yeah, I was looking up as you were talking, so if we're repeating information, I apologize. But yeah, it went to number three, and definitely their biggest hit. Well, they have a lot of good songs, but uh, this one here was uh, was their biggest one. So love the song. All right, Kevin, back to you. Okay, I'm going to go with the Human League's Don't You Want Me. So this song is about desperation and revenge. And if you read the lyrics, he is it's it's the he said she said story. He's given his side of the story. He met her, she was a waitress at a cocktail bar or yeah, whatever. And according to him, he turned her around. Yes, he did. Made her, you know, famous, supposedly. It just it just says he picked her up, turned her around, and turned her into something new. And then five years later on, she's got the world at her feet, right? So now she's successful. Doesn't really say what happened from... He doesn't say what he did to turn her around or what happened in those five years. But in his mind, 
she's successful because of him. Now she doesn't want to be with him. And the threat is, I'm, I made you successful and I want to ruin your success, you know, if you're not with me. And then she gives her side of the story, which is, yeah, I was a cocktail waitress, but I was going to make it with or without you in the picture. And that's about the only part of the story you got right. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from, from her perspective, she was going to be fine with or without him. So he really can't understand why she doesn't want to be with him because he's what made her uh, famous. And so yeah, it's a, uh, almost a threatening song, you know, from his perspective. Hmm. Creep factor? One. Oh. Uh, I'd put it about right in the middle there, right about a three. Because, yeah. I mean, there's two different ways that I look at this song. The one, on the one hand, just a bitter breakup song. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, That's whatever. I'm looking yeah. at. But when you start talking about the entire song, it's like, I will bring you down. What is he willing to do? What lengths is this crazy dude going to do to knock her off her pedestal? So it went to number one in 1982. It was their first ever chart appearance in the U.S. They'd had a few hits in uh, the U.K. by this point, but this song went to number one on in in England and the United States. And uh, I like I like the song. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song. I'm gonna I was gonna give it a five, but I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Really? I think it's not as creepy as every breath you take. Hmm. So I think I've changed my mind slightly, based partly on what you guys say. Just so you might waffled. be a bitter breakup song. Gotcha. I, I waffled, yeah. 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 I admit it. I've got no backbone. I admit it. <laughs> so my next one is going to be um, Subway by The Cure. Midnight in the subway, she's on her way home. She tries hard not to run, but she feels she's not alone. Echoes of footsteps follow close behind, but she dare not turn around. Many of you may not have heard this song. Super creepy. So it's technically from 1979, so I cheated just a bit. Oh, the cheetah. But most people hadn't heard of The Cure back then. <laughs> so this song never charted, never did anything. It's five on the creep factor for me. I thought it was a great song to tap dance routine to. <laughs> nice. I think everything he sings is a little bit on the creepy side. He has mm-hmm. like a song like Just Like Heaven. Even that sounds a little bit on the creepy yeah, side. Even so. Love Song. Yeah. Which is a love song. Sounds dark. Yeah. yeah. And anything he sings sounds dark, so... Um, yeah, if I saw him in the subway, I'd be scared. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. So, Creep Factor? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, it's two. Three. Two? Okay. I've got a five on that one. Okay. That's pretty creepy. It, it hit home with you, huh? It did. It, did. Know, it scared me. It sounded so jazzy to me. It just... Didn't. Parts it did. Yeah. That intro is sweet, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna be stuck in my head tonight. When I was tapping my toes and snapping my fingers. He was. You he guys literally seen was in action. It was <laughs> He's really not good. You know, what he looked like he looked like Billy Squire in Rock Me Tonight's video. He kind of did. He just needs a pink shirt mm-hmm. so and rip it in half at the end. Yeah. I don't remember that video. Let's check it out. Yeah, he must look really good it's in that video. Yeah, you should check it out. <laughs> it is the video they say ruined his career. Oh. There's a there in the MTV book I read. There's a video, or I'm sorry, a chapter dedicated to that video. Really, <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. I don't remember it. Like when you watch it, it just looks like an over the top cheesy video. Yeah, it seems not, to me like they gave it too much heat. That couldn't have been what. Yeah, but I I think what ruined his career was rock and roll was taking a a shift during that time. You know that whole. He was produced by Mac, who produced Queen. 
So that whole kind of rock and sound was fading away by 81, 82. And it was more pop synthesizer, whatever. Any rock bands could only be heard on the rock stations. They weren't mainstream anymore. So he just kind of was flailing in the wind. Yeah. Anyway, it's a subway by the cure. All right. All right. When researching this subject, scary songs or stalker songs, the overwhelming majority were actually new wave as far as a genre. So yeah. trying to find a rap song, Kevin found one. That was the same <laughs> one I found. Trying to find a country song. You, there's got to be stalker country songs. So oh, I, yeah. I found one. You Belong to Me by Carly Simon. She it's, not, it's not a country song. You don't think it's country? Well, it was on the pop charts, so. Yeah, I don't think it was a country oh, song. Oh, come on. Give me this. All right. It was a country song. <laughs> it was a country song. So basically, you're. Ah, son of a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song about a jilted lover claiming him. He's moved on. She's watching all of his, his moves, where he's at, his new girl. Constantly trying to convince him that he still belongs to her. So, actually, it was uh, recorded by the Doobie Brothers originally in '77. Yes, and she recorded it's in '78. So yeah, and we're, it's close to the '80s. It's very close. Had a completely different sound by the Doobies, though. But yeah, and it was never on the country charts. So, just oh well, I thought it sounded. Country. It did make it to number six on the Billboard Hot 100, though. So yeah, it did. you can. It did. But it's '70, so we're not gonna talk about it. Now. You can cut my whole spiel out there, Rob. <laughs> we might. Creep factor. <laughs> we might. That no, song sucks. It's, it's, <laughs> it's creepy. You at least gotta play it for the people. I'll play. It. They want to hear. It. They will. People have spoken. For the people. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kevin. Oh, by the way, Creep Factor, that song, a half. Sure. Quality of the song, about a quarter. <laughs> Actually, I enjoy the song. Well. Listened to it several times this week. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Also got on a Don Williams kick. Not that is I anything. like Don Williams. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, that is country, I believe. I believe in love. I believe in babies. Mm-hmm. Yes. I believe in mom and dad. I believe in you. <laughs> All right, back to the subject at hand. It's like another language <laughs> Kevin doesn't speak. <laughs> um, okay, stalker song. I'm going to go Private Eyes by Daryl Hall and John Oates. When it's watching for lies, you can't escape by. Private eyes, they're watching you. They see your every move. Private eyes, they're watching you. This song came out in 1981 and went to number one. And it all depends on the interpretation of this. Did he literally hire private eyes to watch this lady? Mm. I don't know. He said his you know, private eyes are watching her. But I don't know if he literally means his eyes are privately watching her or he's hired people to watch her. It's so, so it depends on how you, mm-hmm. how you interpret the song. He said, you can't escape my private eyes. They're watching you. That's on the creepy side. 
They're really good private eyes. She can't escape them. Yeah. <laughs> they must be good at their job. So where's that on the creep factor? Depends on it's, your interpretation. It's so up, such an upbeat song. I, I know, it's kind of happy. Yeah, it's like, I've got to give yeah. it a one or less. Yes, I'm thinking of one. As a song? A lot higher. Yeah, give it a Great five song. as a song. Great song. Give it Great a one pop song. Creep. Yeah. yeah. We have a consensus. That's the first time, I think. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so my next song is going to be Peekaboo by Devo. This came out on the Oh No, It's Devo album in 1982. It didn't chart. They used to play this on MTV, though. The lyrics, Peekaboo, I can see you, and I know what you do. That's how the song starts out. So basically, uh, you know, you're kind of laughing along and uh, finding that this upbeat song is about someone who's just, like, peeping Tom. Mm. So, yeah. He's a, he's a George McFly. He is. Good song, I thought. Creep Factor, maybe a three. Yeah, I'll give it a three. Anybody that's spying on you and you don't know, that's a, that's yeah, creepy. Makes you creep. Snowball. Alone by heart. You don't know how long I have wanted To touch your lips and hold you tight oh. You don't know how long I have waited And I was gonna tell you tonight So the very first verse, I hear the ticking of the clock, I'm lying here, the room's pitch dark. I wonder where you are tonight, no answer on the telephone. So she's basically, hey, where are you? <laughs> she yeah. can't get a hold of him on the phone, she's alone, and she's... Keeps hitting that redial button over yeah. and yeah. over and over again. And she's a little bit uh, obsessive here as to where he might be. You don't know how long I've wanted to touch your lips and hold you tight. You don't know how long I've waited and I was going to tell you tonight. Uh, but the secret's still my own, and my love for you is still unknown. So this is not even a person she's with, but she's calling him up. She's wanting to know where he is. Uh, we've all been there, right? Kind of like, I, I've had like, a lot uh, of girls do that to yeah. me. I don't know about you, but that was a pretty regular Saturday night. You know, phone rings, girl hangs up, calls again. She can't get the nerve up to talk to me, you know. What this song reminds me of is Stacy in Wayne's World. <laughs> the girl that was stalking Wayne, mm -hmm. and she bought him a, a gun rack. What is it? It's a gun rack. A gun rack? A, a gun rack. Yeah, right. I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? Don't like it? Fine. You know, Wayne, if you're not careful, you're going to lose me. I lost you two months ago. Are you mental? We broke up. Creepy, yeah. one, uh, two. I'll give it a one and a half. I mean, it was the number one song in 1987, so it was a huge hit. I remember it. I like the song. It was huge, yeah. yeah. The only thing bigger than that song was their hair. 
Oh my goodness, that was peak the, hair, peak hair. At I've, that point. I've heard them talk about that before. How neither one of them, because these are rocker chicks. Yeah, they didn't like, but that. they didn't like the fact that they were so sexualized. It talks the about that. Yep. and the hair and all this stuff. Like they hated that image. But man, it was they, a diversion because they were getting older. Well, they talked about this in the MTV book as well about how they were only filming. Was it Anne from the like? chest up basically they, yeah. because he'd gotten bigger yeah. and so they're, they're trying to like stretch her you know make her look thinner and <laughs> wow they stretch her like put her on well, a stretcher not that way <laughs> with uh, digitally <laughs> yeah. or, or, or compressor I don't know um, to, to try to not make her look as big so it was all about image at that point so big hair and it, you're right that was not there they weren't comfortable with that no but uh, you know their image did sell I mean they're both pretty ladies yeah and uh, that that didn't hurt them at all. They made a lot of money for having to sacrifice their hair and maybe some compromising yeah, camper. That's camper right. Camper. I agree. Yeah, they shouldn't complain too much. Yeah. So my next song is one you may not suspect. Fun little ditty, huge hit for Tommy Two Tone. Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine. Jenny, Jenny. Everybody knows the song. Everybody has memories of this song being on the radio and MTV constantly. But uh, let's look at the lyrics here just a little bit more. Uh, Jenny, I've got your number. I need to make you mine. Jenny, don't change your number. It says, Jenny, Jenny, you're the girl for me. Oh, don't you know? Oh, you don't know me, but you make me so happy. So basically, the dude gets her phone number from a bathroom wall. And now he's calling her. Doesn't even know who she is. Yeah. But he has fantasized in his mind like this girl is it. And he proceeds to go on. Jenny, I've got your number. I want to make you mine. Jenny, don't change your number. It says eight six seven five three zero nine like seventy five more times in yeah. the song. So yeah, I'd say on the creep factor, it's really about a three. Yeah, because it is super creepy. Okay, you ladies, think about it. You're home. You get a call by this guy. He got your number from the bathroom wall, and he's trying to uh, trying to make his move. And he's trying to convince her, I'm not like all the other guys that have called tonight. I'm a <laughs> respectable guy that's obsessed with you, yes. not like all these others. I know you think I'm like the others before. <laughs> So honest, have either of you called a girl from a phone number you've gotten off a bathroom wall? No. No. But I have dialed eight six seven five three oh nine before. And nothing. So yeah. did you call somebody off of a I have not. Yeah. So the next question has you have you ever put a phone number on a bathroom wall? No, I've never. I have broke into the girls' bathroom, put your own number on there, and just <laughs> for, for a good time. Call right. Actually, I have on a bathroom wall written Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine. So yes, I've done that before. <laughs> You're the guy that goes into the uh, birthday candles where they're numbered one two three and reorganizes them. You got it. <laughs> you know me all too well. So that song is a great song. You could say they're a one-hit wonder. They had one other song that peaked at number 38 and one that peaked at 101. But Jenny went to number four back in 1982. So great song. Somewhat creepy. 
Yeah, I'd give it a three and a half. Okay. So well. I'd give it a three. It's right there in the middle. Cool. It's so upbeat. But it is so upbeat, isn't it? It is. It's... If it's upbeat enough, you can get away with anything. Oh, yeah. This one's kind of borderline, but just with the title, Eye in the Sky, Alan Parsons Project. I am the eye in the sky, looking at you, I can read your mind. I am the maker of rules, dealing with fools, I can cheat you blind. And I don't need to see anymore to know that I can read your mind. This kind of has that big brother feel. You know, there's the eye in the sky watching everything that you're doing, um, no privacy, and uh, so that's why I'm going to go with that one, which was a number three hit in 1982, and has a great opening, by the way, called Serious. Yes, it is. That's awesome. Chicago Bulls still use that to this Do they day. really? Yes, They're still they using do. it? Wow. They still use it. Yeah, that's. I've always loved that song. Mm. Loved it. It's got such a cool sound, and uh, I've... Put it on a few different playlists I have because it's it's one I don't get tired of. Yeah. Uh, creep factor. Two. Yeah. Probably yeah. Do about two. A little creepy, but not entirely. All right. So I have one more here I wanted to share. It's called "Gonna Get Close to You" by Queensrÿche from 1986. So here are some of the lyrics to this song. I like to look at shadows sweating on the wall. I get excited when I hear footsteps in the hall. Outside your balcony, I have a room with a view, and I'm watching you. <laughs> mm. I dial your telephone each and every afternoon. I wait by your door till you're asleep at night. And when you're alone, I know when you turn out the light. I'm going to get close to you, oh so close to you. <laughs> you fumble for your keys. I'm six or seven steps behind you. I'm so close to you. Are you terrified of me? What do I know about you? How did I find out? You think I'm a fool, maybe some kind of lunatic? Say I'm wasting my time, but I know what to do with it. It's as plain as black and white. If you knew my infinite charm, there'd be no reason to be so alarmed. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm some kind of lunatic. You say I'm wasting all of my time, but I know what to do with it. It's as plain as black and white. I'm a hungry criminal, and your protection is minimal. <laughs> so, yeah, that's some of the lyrics of the song. Uh, that's pretty creepy. Uh, that's about a 10. That, that could be. That's yeah. a 10 out of 5. <laughs> so, so I've never heard that song, but just hearing the lyrics, that sounds very creepy. Yeah, well, let's, let's hear just a little bit of that, shall we? Yeah, that, so, one did, that song did uh, sound pretty, pretty yeah. creepy. So we close out with Super Creepy. Yeah. How do you like that? That's it for this podcast this week. We miss Pure Energy. He brings a little something extra to the show. He does. And uh, maybe he'll be back next week. I wouldn't count on it. So our closing song this week is going to be the intro to the Subway song by The Cure. Super cool intro. Hope you like it. We'll be back next week. 
Yes, two weeks in a row we'll be having podcasts. And we are going to be talking about songs that give us good advice, good life lessons from 80s music. So tune in next week. Until then, here's The Cure with the Subway song. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week.